here's the truth. The kids that are, are being pushed to medically transition, the, the children that think that they were born in the wrong body are, are all children that are different. Uh, they're either autistic, they're either uh, mentally gifted, they're either uh, mentally ill, uh, they're either, um, you know, from abused homes, uh, sexually abused homes, same sex attracted. Um, all these things that make them just kind of oddities in, in childhood and unfortunately oddities in life. Uh, but those are the children that think that, hey, I'm going to medically transition and I'll fit in. Uh, what they don't understand is is being different is is being a super, superhero. You just don't know it until you're 25 and a CEO. So, uh, you know, superheroes are a really, 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 really catchy word for me. Scott Nugent, welcome to the show. Welcome to Become Your Own Superhero. Uh, thank you for having me. I love the title. Love the title. Well, maybe let's start on that. What does becoming your own superhero mean in your thinking? Well, um, you know, being a superhero is is many, many things. For me, uh, I always say that, uh, well, here's the truth. The kids that are, are being pushed to medically transition, the, the children that think that they were born in the wrong body are, are all children that are different. Uh, they're either autistic, they're either uh, mentally gifted, they're either uh, mentally ill, uh, they're either, um, you know, from abused homes, uh, sexually abused homes, same sex attracted. Um, all these things that make them just kind of oddities in, in childhood and unfortunately oddities in life. Uh, but those are the children that think that, hey, I'm going to medically transition and I'll fit in. Uh, what they don't understand is is being different is is being a super, superhero. You just don't know it until you're 25 and a CEO. So, uh, you know, superheroes are a really, 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 really catchy word for me. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm glad that it resonates with you, Scott. And we're honored to have you on the show today. And, and this is an unusual episode out of the 200 or so that have been done. Because looking for those that are looking at watching this interview versus those that are listening, just for some context real quick, Scott, if you could just describe very quickly who you are and why, why you're here today, I suppose. Sure. Um, I started to medically transition at, at 42, so I'm a biological woman. Um, I started, I kind of went through a, a low place in my life, and we all have low places in our life or, or susceptible places. Uh, in my life. I, I was married to a woman who, you know, kind of suits herself with the idea that, hey, I'm, I'm not really a lesbian. It's just you. Uh, you are a man trapped in, in, in a woman's body. Um, and, you know, for, for your viewers, just to give you kind of a context of who I was, I was a business sales executive. You can't look like a man, man and, and do that job, number one. Number two, I got into uh, sales because I used to do hair and makeup in my early 20s and I sold the product. So I knew how to walk, talk, went through, uh, you know, finishing school twice. My family was, you know, adamant that you know have to know how to walk and talk and all that kind of stuff being a woman so uh you know the whole idea that that i look like a, a man is is kind of um funny but anyways um at a, at a low point i just looked at her and said well we were watching all this you know contagion on tv the jazz jennings all that kind of stuff god i maybe you're right maybe i was born in the wrong body and she was oh and uh the next week i was in a in front of a trans woman therapist that asked me which i just told you what i look like how long have you been dressing like a man? And at 42, um, even though the reality of what she said, I mean, going back, if I could go back to that conversation, I would have looked at her and said, what the hell's wrong with you? 
I mean, I've got heels on. I've got, you know, earrings on. I've got makeup on. What what would make you say that other than, you know, to basically make yourself feel better for the choices that you made? Uh, but in that low place, it kind of threw me for a loop. I was, you know, mortified that I'd spent my whole life uh, basically uh, not knowing what everybody else knew. And so um, for me, went through that process, got really sick. Uh, saved my own life and, and made some promises with God uh, and then found out that they're medically transitioning kids. So I've dedicated myself to, to stopping that. So when you, when you come on a show or a platform of any type and you've had a pretty broad, broad uh, list of shows and, and some popularity through speaking your truth, mm-hmm. what's, the, what's the ideal outcome for you? Well, the idea outcome is is a couple of things. The first thing that I'm trying to do is get people to understand uh, that these social media stars, these news channels, all these politicians that are standing on the right, left, the woke, unwoke, I'm trying to get people to understand that that that's a business model, man. That makes a lot of people, uh, you know, a little bit of people, a lot of money. Uh, But what it does is it creates a huge blind spot where we're, I don't know, butchering an entire generation of children, uh, medically transitioning with a process that is experimental, dangerous, doesn't cure anything and makes mental health worse. And, and that's the truth. Um, so that blind spot is a blind spot I'm trying to remove. And by removing it is by saying that, listen, uh, you don't have to agree with me about homosexuality. You don't have to agree with me with what your favorite color is. You don't have to agree with me with party. You don't have to agree with me with certain things. But when children are not okay, uh, nothing else matters. When children are not safe, nothing else matters. And right now they're not safe. Uh, so the only way that people are going to hear people is if we grab hands together. So that's what I'm trying to do. I'm get, trying to get people to understand what's going on, number one. Number two, I'm trying to wake people up with the idea that maybe these heroes that you think are heroes are actually the devil in disguise. And you don't know that. Yeah, I mean, so if you had unyielding power and you could make whatever sweeping changes on the whole planet, what would you do first? God, that's a lot of power. Jesus. Woo. Um, uh, what I would do is I would try to help people understand uh, that black and white is never really a place with human beings that does any good. It's a good business model. It doesn't do good for human beings. And what I mean by that is this, you know, um, Somebody that doesn't agree with homosexuality, whether or not they're pro or against, should not, you know, counteract everybody else that is that is the opposite of that opinion. Uh, when you do that, what you do is 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 you remove what I call adulting better. When you don't adult better, uh, when you don't have conversations with people, uh, we create these blind spots. And the one thing that I would want to do is I would want to bring back logic about this conversation. Here's the logic. Medical transition does help some people walk through life a little bit lighter. Um, Not very many. And not very many to the point where it would actually shock you how few that is. Um, But it's cosmetic surgery. Just like a woman that gets a, you know, breast augmentation or a man that gets, you know, plugs for losing their hair. It might help them a little bit, but it's not life-saving. Convincing society that it is basically has has unlocked the biggest uh, profit margin in medical pharmaceutical history, and uh, they're targeting your kids to do so. So reality, 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 and talking to people about situations is, is what I would do. Well, I really love the, the, the candor in which you come across, Scott, and I, I've 
watched a number of previous interviews that you've done as well, and and I can feel the the passion that comes through. And not many people speak like you do, and yep. it's very counter counterintuitive to the mainstream narrative. And mm-hmm. many of the former guests on the show have been counter to the mainstream. And there's been a few mainstream people as well, but like like with what's happening with Bobby Kennedy running for president and hearing a differing opinion that's trying to bring people together rather than trying to polarize them, I think is needed yep. now more than ever, right? Um, mm-hmm. One of the things that I find so fascinating about your story is that, and we won't go into any specifics, but you've got three of your own biologically born children. I have three children. You have three children, right? And they are at the ages now where this whole drive to transition children quickly is happening, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. You know what? I usually don't stop people because I have three children. I don't stop the whole bi- biological is, is, a, is a big deal. Yes. Uh, I've given birth to twins. Um, and I also have a boy uh, that I adopted with my partner that I was with for a long time. We have the same donor, so they're all related, uh, but I've, I've given birth to twins. But yes, I've carried life. I have three kids. Try to tell me one's not mine and I'll freak out. So, But I have three children. Okay, beautiful. So this might sound like a silly question, but do you think having your own children has made this, yes. this thing even more important to you? Yes. Yes. I could, I could stop you before you even finish finish that you know and that that's a biological reality uh men look at women or men look at children differently than women look at children it is just a biological fact when you have a child when you carry life something changes in you uh, and you don't know that change and you can argue with me if you've, you're a man you can argue with me as a woman that has never given birth uh you can argue with me argue with me um you know and adopting is is the same you love them the same but when you carry life that changes a woman. It changes a woman. I'm one of the very few that has done that. Um, so that responsibility, that hormone, that whatever change has shifted in me. I am a mother, hands down. A mama bear. What what very I was think, so. what I was thinking about in, in anticipation of meeting you, Scott, was one of the former guests that I had was Dr. Stephanie Seneff. And she is a professor at MIT. She's been researching the link between glyphosate and autism and mm-hmm. obviously the numbers are starting to come out now it's beyond any shadow of any doubt that that a battery of childhood vaccine <laughs> combined with the toxins and poisons that are in the food are causing spectrum disorders at an infinitely higher rate you think? right you think? And, yeah. and and you're saying that the majority of people that end up transitioning or thinking about it come from spectrum backgrounds is that right well, yeah, and here's why. And here, here's kind of tearing it apart from 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 having done it. Um, so for me, I, you know, all the comorbidities, you know, that I named, I got all of them uh, except for autism. That's the only one I don't have. Um, but but when you don't fit in, let let's pull apart the whole autistic because what a lot of people don't realize is that the majority of of these kids that are medically transitioning are number one girls. Uh, number two, the biggest category of the kids that are medically transitioning are autistic girls. Uh, and then we have same-sex attracted girls. And then we have same-sex attracted boys. And then we have a whole bunch of other comorbidities that usually are on top of these things. So let's take apart the whole um, autistic, the reason why the autistic girls. 
So if you're an autistic girl, first of all, your social interaction is, is hard. Um, you don't know when to say hi, when not to say hi. You don't know when to give a hug, when not to give a hug. You're kind of like on the outs with that. Now, you know, with any kind of statistics or that kind of stuff, you're all over it. I mean, they're brilliant, brilliant people, and they're needed in, in our society, hands down. But social interaction, wouldn't you agree, is is where where they have a problem with, right? Yeah. For sure, okay. For sure. um, so think of that as a boy and how odd that is as a boy. Uh, but think of that as a girl with the responsibilities that we give girls, which is basically, girls, you got to make people feel better. You've got to soothe male egos. You've got to learn how to use your sexuality. You've, I mean, all these things that are not healthy, but they are what they are. This is what's going to make you kind of the, uh, the ultimate girl are all these things that autistic girls struggle from. Uh, so if you're going through puberty, and you're not fitting, and all of a sudden you go online and you see that, hey, you know what? I don't fit it. Yeah, I do kind of feel like that. <gasps> I'm a boy. Doesn't that make sense? Isn't that sad when you think about it? The, these girls, these girls that don't fit. And by the way, I hate to break this to, to people, but the whole, uh, you know, little bowl that we say women are supposed to be in, most women don't fit in anyways. <laughs> you don't have to struggle to fit into that. Autistic women have a hard time. We're abusing women, hands down, with, with bathrooms, with uh, women's rights, with autistic women, with same-sex attracted women, males too. But this is the ultimate, um, this is the ultimate rape of women uh, all the way around right now. So how do, how do we start the, the healing and the fixing process for that? Here's how we how we started. The first thing that we do is everybody needs to throw down the idea that uh, medically transitioning kids has anything to do with human rights, has anything to do with LGBTQ rights. Um, it does not. The next thing people need to understand is the LGBTQ is activist as of activism. It's an organization. I just realized a year ago, all of this is a business. I've sucked at it. And thank God I have. Uh, because I thought it was just people helping people, but people need to understand that this is a real, uh, this is a real financial, this is a financial avenue for so so many people, and people need to understand that in 2015, the gay and lesbian community, we won all of our rights, and our rights were righteous rights, which is to live where we want to live without being kicked out, to work where we want to work without being fired because we were gay, to love who we want to love, and at the end of our life to be able to be in that hospital room and make decisions for that person that we love, regardless of how you feel about homosexuality. Those are righteous rights of all human beings. And most of us in the gay community, that's all we wanted. We didn't wanna step on anybody's religious rights. We didn't wanna step on anybody or, or tell people that, hey, you're wrong and unicorn farts are real and you need to you know, believe it. It was just those rights. And those were the righteous gays and lesbians that went home after 2015 to raise our own children, to do our own things. And then, you had organizations like Stonewall and other you know, LGBTQ organizations that were filing bankruptcy all over the world. In fact, in 2015, Stonewall filed bankruptcy and it never came to fruition. And in one year, they went from a, an, an activism organization that got government funded money that should be you know, looked at and scrutinized, went from, I can't pay my bills to a 32% year over year growth by signing on with Mermaids, which is 
you know, the organization that is basically the push to, to medically transition children. So this is about money. It's a new activism model. It's getting donations. Society's blind. So all of this has to do with money. So the first thing that I would do is help people understand that this is financial uh, with some serious studies and facts. And then I would move on to the why. You may not know me, but let me tell you one thing. I don't care what you think. I'm a just do me and I want to hear you sing. I got one, one of the things that I find, and it's a great response, by the way, Scott, I, um, one of the things that I, th I think about a lot is in my own healing journey, once I cleared out the drugs and the alcohol and the gambling and the, you know, the philandering. Ooh, yeah, you did that. That's not good. Yep. Go right? ahead. And uh, I started to become a lot more self-aware and I realized something that, and I'm very, the, I think the reason that I'm experiencing the success that I'm experiencing is because I'm remained a student the entire time. Devastly handsome. You're just a hot. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> Flattery will get you everywhere. I know, right? Um, but in doing that, I've, what, I've, what I've noticed is that a lot of people are really afraid to look like an idiot. So oh, yeah. they won't admit that that they had the wrong idea. I and and my political um, and my I used to be an atheist uh politically i was very liberal left-leaning and but i voted for gay marriage and did all that stuff back in australia but now things have shifted um i still retain that that live and let live thing but i'm now way more likely to put my hand up and say hey you know that thing that i was talking about three four years ago it's shifted mm -hmm. or i've got it full out blatantly wrong my question for you scott is how do you get people to to start doing that for themselves well, uh, <laughs> first of all, I, I would talk to the to the moms, um, and I would talk to the dads, and and tell them that that what's happening to children is far beyond anything that you might be embarrassed about. So, uh, the first thing that I would say is, listen, if you think it's if you think it's fun to go from podcast to podcast, to be on, you know, you know, movies like What is a Woman with Matt Walsh and sit across from, you know, somebody that is against homosexuality, somebody that is very Catholic. And by the way, I love him to death. We don't agree on things. His wife's one of my really good friends. I really, really like them. I do not agree with them on a lot of things, but I love them. And that's called adulting better. But if you think that sitting across from somebody like that and absolutely exposing yourself, cutting your chest open, and telling people the truth, which is, hey, I was a total idiot. Uh, I don't want you to be an idiot. And I don't want your kids to be an idiot. Don't be as stupid as me and cry while you're doing it. Uh, and tell people you're not going to be around that long and probably not going to meet your grandkids. If you think that that's fun, you're wrong. Um, I do it and I did it consciously. If you've been with me for five years, you know that everything that I do is conscious. I used to be a strategic salesperson. I know how to make people feel. I know how to make people think differently. I know how to change hearts and minds. And this, this debate, the only way that you're going to change hearts and minds is by making them feel. The only way that you're going to make them feel is by being honest. And being honest means that we make bad decisions as human beings all the time that's called being an adult so own those and then move on one of the uh and i wondered if you if you know the statistic of the top of your head and i'll be surprised if you don't 
is what's the rate of suicide in the five to seven years post bottom surgery, top surgery in trans people? Do you know what that number is? Uh, the number exactly. I can I can pull it up on on my website if you want to. I'll give you. Ruff, I'll roughly, give you a roughly. Roughly, yeah. Well, I don't know that number. I can pro I can find it for you in a couple minutes, but we don't have enough time. But here's what I'll tell you ab about that, so you understand, uh, and you can pull that study apart. So uh, there's only seven studies that say that that medically transitioning children is beneficial. All of those studies are short-term studies. All of those studies are, uh, you know, have a, a small amount of of kids participants in this study, um, and all seven of them have been retracted with, "Oops, we're sorry, we made a mistake." Doesn't help diddly squat. Uh, sorry or not enough time, not enough information uh, for us to tell you whether or not it, it works. We shouldn't have said what we said. We apologize. The last uh, study that was just uh, retracted basically found two children. I think there was like 24 children that they were following um, that committed suicide while being affirmed, while being medically transitioned. Um, so, I mean, if you, if you read this stuff and you look at it and you don't look at it because nobody looks at anything, uh, you kind of would sit back with this face like as it hits you. What is that? What? Yeah, what? And, and the problem is nobody nobody reads that stuff. So there's breaking down the studies. You know, these are the studies that are still handed to children or handed to parents. You know, hey, better than a live daughter than a dead son here. Totally safe. Really helps. I mean, it's criminal. It, it truly is. I think at the end of this, I hope that uh, we finally get to the point where we throw some politicians in the jail. We throw some uh, pharmaceutical people in the jail uh, because they need to go. Um, but there's only one long-term study that was done in Sweden. Now, Sweden is a leading country for uh, the medicalization of human beings, period, dot, over, um, and has been for a long time. Now, they did a study that started in 1973, and that study uh, ran to 2003. And they followed 326 medically transitioned adults. And what they found was that uh, when you start medical transition, you do, your suicidal ideation goes down. So that's true. All that stuff that you're hearing is true. And of course it's true. Somebody just told you you're born in the wrong body and this is going to help you fit in, you know, so you're really, really excited. So, um, you know, suicide's going down because I, you know, things are going to get better, uh, but it doesn't get better. When you start when I start hormones that I'm going to feel better or hormone, that's when I feel better. You start those and then those go through the process. Well, that didn't make me feel better. But when I get top surgery, I'm going to feel better. When I, when I get top surgery, I'm going to feel better. You get top surgery, you go, I don't feel better. But you know, when people stop mispronouncing me, that's when I'm going to feel better. I'm going to feel better when I do that. Uh, and then that happens. And then you start to get, you know, you get bottom surgery and, you know, go, go through that. And then you start to recover and realize uh, that, Hey, there's nothing else to do. Uh, now I've got, you know, early onset osteoporosis and I've got, you know, hearts and lungs, the sight of 12 year olds. Uh, I've got heart issues. I've got organ issues. I mean, I could go down with, with all the things that, that this does to kids. You kind of look back and go, wait a second, that uh, didn't fix anything. I fit less. Uh, and now I have all these health uh, obligations. Now I've convinced everybody in my life that I was born in the wrong body. Now I've got egg in my face. Now I fit in less. And uh, my mental health is worth worse. Now I'm going to kill myself. So that's the breakdown to why these the, the suicidal ideation and the only long-term study found that, that suicidal ideation peaks at seven to 10 years. So to break that down, uh, Layman, so here's the thing. Uh, we're medically transitioning children that are suicidal and delusional uh, with a process that's going to make their mental health worse. 
it just takes how long? How long did I tell you it takes? What was the what was the time frame? Seven to ten. Yeah. What what time frame are we at right now? In this whole mess, are we? We're clicking on this, right? We're Couple clicking on this, right? We're yeah, we're clicking on that. You know, we're coming to the five, six, seven uh, years. We're we're working into a suicidal epidemic. I, I spend at least one or two nights a week trying to find mental health experts, hospitals. I've had kids, you know, that are 19 calling me with guns in their mouth. This is not, these kids are not doing well at all. Some of my background, Scott, which you won't have learned about yet, would be I had a an incurable autoimmune disease and I fixed it. Um, I, was on, I was on drugs for it for 17 years, told it was incurable, fixed it in four days by cutting grains out of my diet, right? And... And I and I look I look back at periods of my life when I was abusing my body, not just with the drugs and alcohol, but also with improper food and nutrition. And I was a little beta male, little cuck old little bitch at times with the way I showed up. And yeah, and and I and not surprisingly, sorting my diet out, eating a species appropriate diet has massively transformed my masculine energy. I've met a a traditional European woman who loves to lean into her femininity and wants me to lead and, and I'm the provider. And the, it's a, it's a wonderful dynamic that we have. And I, and it without any shadow of any doubt was massively improved by massive changes in my diet. And I wonder there should be a period where, and they won't do this for the short term because of there's in the same way that they're going after the kids, they're going after the food and they're going after the vaccines. Right. So there's a fundamental shift that needs to happen. Do you think it's going to take a major genocide or a major disaster before something actually happens? I do. I do. Unfortunately, I, I think that the, the, the stronghold is, is so strong. Um, and, and to give you an idea of, of how much money is, 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 is at this, um, in, in 2015, remember I told you about the gay and lesbian rights where we won those rights and then the decent gays and lesbians took over, but those organizations still needed to make money. Uh, in 2015, in, in Texas, our governor, like, you know, our president of Texas, um, started taking money from a gender clinic that was siphoned through the UT Medical Center uh, or Southwest through the UT Medical Center in the tune of $2.4 million. So let me say this again. Our Texas governor took $2.4 million starting in 2015 uh, and 2017 total of $2.4 million. Now, let me tell you that our governor is, I don't call people bigots very often. I don't call people homophobic. I don't call people hateful homophobic. That is what this guy is with, with the LGBTQ. Um, I'm pretty accepting. He's, he's kind of, he's a jerk. Um, but he started taking money to medically transition children from gender clinics. Now, Texas started to pop up all these gender clinics within those two years, all over the place. In fact, Texas is a leading worldwide hub for the medicalization of children for, for many reasons. Uh, you know, buying the governor is one. Uh, but in 2015, we had 22 children who were on puberty blockers. Um, we can talk about the devastation of those, but let's just talk about the money right now. So in uh, 2015, follow me, 22 children. Uh, now, kids usually are on those puberty blockers for four years. So a four-year stretch of profit for these children uh, would have been a tune of $4.6 million. And that was in 2015 when our uh, governor started taking that money, those bribes. Um, so that's $4.6 Now, in two years, that grew 
to 4,000%. So we went from a $4.6 million worth of profit. Say that for me, 4.6 million. Just say 4.6 million. Now, what would it have to grow to for your jaw to drop? I got, well, it's going to be, it's going to be 4.6 billion, surely. Well, uh, you are the first person to do that, but uh, this is just in the <laughs> Dallas area, by the way. So we went 4.6 million to $92 million worth of profit. Just And so what I say to this is that our governor really sucks at negotiation because he should have gotten more than $2.4 million. So now let's follow this. Let's follow this whole thing. So Texas is now the worldwide hub. All this money is being generated into this uh, into this uh, state. We've got an anti-LGBTQ governor who's taking money from the LGBTQ while still being homophobic and hateful. Um, now, not last year, but the year before, we had a bill that would have banned the medicalization of children. Um, four days before that bill was heard in Texas, the same governor, Abbott, took a $250,000 check and him and his team started to network to get that bill thrown off that would have banned the medicalization of children, right? So 2.4 million, 250,000, two months after he put that bill off of the floor, he came out and announced and had all these articles written about uh, medically transitioning children is child abuse. So he's got all these, you know, these articles about how he stopped the medicalization of children in Texas. He stopped no children. Now, this year, we had a bill that actually finally passed with all the pressure, passed, was sitting on his desk for weeks. There was a bill that, that came in about the medicalization of children and, and athletes and about women's sports, made a conscious decision on the day that the childhood bill passed to saying he was going to sign the athletic bill so everybody thought that he signed that bill stayed on his desk for two weeks until the day before i came out and outed him on the reunion for what is a woman and guess what he signed the bill guess how many children have been stopped medicalizing in in texas guess how many children i have no idea none not one not one not one. So this is what we're up against. We're up against a lot of money. Uh, we're up against politicians that take money. We're up against pharmaceutical companies uh, that are not held accountable. The hormone blockers that, that we're feeding these children is from a company called Lupron. In 2003, they were deemed a criminal enterprise by our U.S. government for false advertising and bribery. They paid more than the Oxycontin scandal. Um, this is the company that's telling us that puberty blockers are safe, puberty blockers are reversible. The truth is, is they haven't run studies. They don't want to run studies because any studies that they run uh, will immediately never be signed by any doctor in the world. No doctor's going to sign that. That is going to be such you know, glaring evidence uh, that there's going to be no doctors that sign it. So here's the thing. Puberty blockers uh, cause early onset osteoporosis. They cause hearts and lungs not to grow and livers not to grow to maturity. So we've got 20-year-olds uh, to never have hearts and lungs size past 11. Uh, we've got sterilization of these autistic girl, autistic straight girls who will always look like uh, men who will never have children, uh, will always look like they're homosexual and have to deal with that on top of being you know, trans, on top of being autistic. Uh, we have 
We have heart issues. These kids are on heart medications. Uh, these kids are on liver medications. Uh, I could go on and on and on. On top of it, they are now starting to kill themselves. I mean, the whole the whole process of this, if you sit down and listen to this message, this whole podcast, at the end of it, you're going to go, oh, my God. The world's on fire. And it is. Well, thankfully, people that have listened to the show before, Scott, um, will have had a wee taste of that, given some of the previous guests. The, one of the reasons I wanted to ask you about the suicide percentages was I was curious to know what, what percentages of the parents that either lose a child to suicide or, or attempted suicide and realising that what they've been a, a part of has backfired horribly. What are those numbers, I wonder? Well, here's the thing. Those numbers aren't coming out because those numbers mean a whole heck of a, a, a lot of bad things. But I'll tell you this. I'll tell you, I used to have like one one of these young adults call me and I've been doing this for five years, call me once every three months. I'm, I'm talking to two or three people uh, a, a month. And here's a new thing. You know what? I, I, I stand with nobody. And it's one of the reasons why I don't get sponsorship. I don't stand with, with any politicians. Um, I don't stand with with anybody I, the gay community attacks me the trans community attacks me the conservatives attack me the liberals attack me the evangelicals attack me every single per they all attack me because i tell the truth the new thing is the d-trans thing so now we have all these 19 and 20 year old kids that were lifted told that hey medically transitioning is going to make you fit they get to be about 17 18 19 you know at that place and realize it didn't help and we have evangelicals and we've got feminists going see i told you i was right See, I was told that nobody's born in the wrong body. See, they're detransitioning. And then they're taking these detransitioners um, that are very feminine, that still look like girls, uh, and going like all they did with the transgender people. Like, look, that person really, they, they look like, you know, the sex that they transition. And basically holding a mockery of them, putting them around in news you know, stations around the world. And then once that story drops, they drop them and they realize, hey, uh, I have been used twice. Or you have the detransitioners that are told, hey, you know what? Detransition will be really, really great. The ones that, you know, will look like males for the rest of their life. I mean, that don't want to walk into a grocery store for life and have to go, hey, buddy, where's the uh, where's the milk? Well, it's over there, sir. Well, it's it's really, ma'am. I'm, I'm a biological woman. I'm what's called a detransitioner. I, you know, who wants to do that for life? And then people that decide that, hey, you know what? I don't know where I fit. <laughs> I don't fit on anybody, but I just need to be a soldier, survive. Those people are being attacked. It's just it's over and over again. It's just, we're just not doing well as a society. Um, man, there's so much to unpack here with so little time. Um, I want to, I want to ask you a really personal question. You don't have to answer this. Um, okay. Are you, are you in a relationship as we speak? No. Can you still experience sexual pleasure is what I'm trying to ask. Yes, uh, very much so. Some people cannot. Um, so the boys the boys are the ones that are really kind of getting screwed on the pooch, you know, pun intended with this. Um, so if boys are on puberty blockers, um, there's not one boy that has been on puberty blockers that have, have gone to medically transition 100% that are able to uh, achieve orgasm. Let me say this again. We have men that were choosing at 11 years old to basically take the right for them to be able to uh, procreate, number one, or have an orgasm. Let me say this again. Men that will never have an orgasm ever. Um, so not one 
uh, on that. Now, girls, it, it's another thing. Girls, for we we do better on this. As far as relationship, man, you know what? I'm I'm so focused on this, and I'm being sincere. I, I won't ever, 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 ever be with anybody sexually again, or be in a relationship. So people that attack me for homosexuality, man, I'm about as righteous as they come, because uh, I won't <laughs> ever do that again. Well, here's one thing I've learned about life, Scott, and and you can do with us what you like. I I've stopped <laughs> making I've stopped making absolutes because every time yeah. I make an absolute, something comes up. And I'm like, you know what? And and in all areas of my life, right? Well, um, maybe so, maybe so. <laughs> so I feel sorry for any woman that I ever got into a relationship. And you know what? My heart's I've never been attracted to man, but you don't know I could meet the jolly green giant at the grocery store and just fall head over heels in love. You just don't know. I don't see it happening. But well, you know I, what? I tell you what, Scott, my wife Anna, who you met before, you know what she does? She what? she teaches women how to find their ideal husband. And me? Are you talking about me? Because that would be funny. I mean, I just, I don't, whoo, okay, yeah. So, so all I'm saying is, like, there's, there's a reason, <laughs> there's a reason why you get connected with these people. And I know, I know you, you don't have a, um, any religious affiliation. I understand yeah. you got a, a really good connection to some kind of source, like I do, because um, yeah. it's, I've been humbled too many times to know that there's. Not I'm just more me. Christian than most Christian people, and I'm not Christian, so. <laughs> Well, um, wouldn't it be funny? Wouldn't it be funny and ironic if my wife was able to help you manifest despite all of the obvious challenges that you have up here? Um, and most of it is, right? Um, and, and a reflection of the part? world. But um, I really, what I would encourage you in, in everything you're doing, Scott, is you have been in the midst of hell for many years now. And I want to share some encouragement with you, sir, that this is going to get a lot better. And maybe the, the results of the work that you're doing now may not be realized for many, many years. However, what you are doing is incredibly important and to keep doing what you're doing. And I know you won't stop, but there's, there's a I, lot of people. I appreciate that. I do. I do want to stop you, though, on one thing. There's when you said up here, you're absolutely right. The one thing I don't agree with is that uh, I do think that that homosexuality can be, um, I think it can be promoted and I think it can be pushed and I think it's wrong on on a very nuclear level. And I think that we need to talk about that. I think that gays and lesbians need to talk about that. We need to recognize that. We, you know, being homosexual is nothing to sell. It's nothing to celebrate, but there are people that are same-sex attracted. It's always been, it's never gonna go away. And so from that, being a same-sex attracted person doesn't mean that you get rid of every decent quality and have sex with everybody and, you know, go whatever goes. With that said, if your wife could find me a dude, that would be one telling thing. Let me tell you, that would be a holy cannoli. Your wife's pretty good <laughs> on that whole husband fighting thing. But I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um, I just started living about 60 days ago. Um, I've, I've started working on my health. I've like lost about 20 pounds. I'm getting ready to do a speaking tour. I cannot uh, say who I'm speaking with. I cannot say who I'm speaking through. Um, but I will say that I will be at major, major, major colleges. And I will be speaking with people, grabbing hands with people that normally don't grab hands with people. And uh, this is about to explode. Well, in saying that, where can people get a hold of you, Scott? 
Well, if you go to scottnugent.com, S-C-O-T Nugent, N-E-W-G-E-N-T, um, you'll find facts, you'll find studies. Uh, anytime you're talking to somebody, make sure that you have something to counter it with, go there. If you have a child that's dealing with stuff, go there. Uh, if you need help with something, go there. Uh, if you would like to support, I do this on my own, 100%. Um, I do need support from people. So if you want to do that, please do so. It's helping me do this. Um, so scottnugent.com. Fabulous, Scott. And I, I suspect there's probably a book on the way or at least in the back of your head there somewhere. Well, I've had some book deals, but I've said no because I haven't been able to say uh, my story my way. Let me tell you, when I say my story my way, um, it will be, and I'm, you know, I've, I'm like Arnold, you know, shoot for the stars and, and you get there. It will be, I'm telling you, the biggest memoir in 20 years, period, end of story, book closed, literally, it's a good one. I'm just waiting, I'm waiting for a good publisher, let me tell you, a good publisher, it's going to be the best decision you've ever made. Well, I think, I think um, what would be great is if for people that want to support Scott is that, that by raising enough awareness and investment in this, that you can do this with the help of some um, people to put the aesthetics of the book together. But fundamentally, I, I did a, um, a collaborative publishing deal with my book where I retain all the IP, everything that I wanted to go in there, went in there, received some good advice. And, you know, but I fundamentally went with, with and mine's a memoir as well, memoir self-help book. So maybe that's a consideration as well. And then being able to leverage it off a big platform that you've been able to develop with some help and um, and your book would be a, an international bestseller overnight, but maybe so, um, maybe so. Here's what I don't think people understand. Um, me speaking the way that I do means that nobody sponsors me. Uh, you know, being on What Is a Woman wasn't paid a dime uh, for it. So so I don't make money doing this. I do get some you know help, some some donations from time to time, but it's usually only a couple hundred dollars, and those monies are used for like you know Michigan reached out to me, mom, can you come to the school? You bet. Uh, so those are a couple hundred dollars there, a couple hundred dollars. I've always worked doing this until I got fired for after my last speech. Uh, so finally, when I do these speeches, I will get a, uh, paid a little bit of money. So I have been doing this on pennies and dimes. I've been doing this with no help. Nobody helps me. I'm getting ready to get people to help me. This is going to blow up. And thank you for everybody that's helped me get here so far. You're very welcome. And Scott, do you have any uh, concluding thoughts for our audience today? Yeah. Um, stop being polite. Scream louder. Adult better. Um, and losing a friend because of transgender ideology. Find another friend. We're butchering kids. Ladies and gentlemen, Scott Nugent. Oh, and I'm waiting for your wife's call. Uh, I need a, I need a good husband. <laughs>